everybody. Amen. We have to give God thanks, um, especially this, this afternoon. And thank you all for coming out. We are having inclement weather here. As a matter of fact, it looks like we, we might be having a tornado somewhere. But God is good all the time. We made it, and God has something this afternoon for us. He has a word for us this afternoon. Amen? I want to greet the online members. We greet you from Christ-centered church. We greet you in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for tuning in. And God has something for you this afternoon. Amen? Even though you are inside your house and um, you're comfortable, worship with us. Praise with us this afternoon. Amen? Our pastor isn't here, and it's not a lot of times that he's not here. We would just um, ask you, when you pray, to pray for the man of God. Pray for his family. They're going through a little time of bereavement. So pray for them, that God will keep them and strengthen them. Amen? Pray that God will give him traveling mercies as well. Amen. At this time, I'll ask you to stand so we can pray and start our Thursday evening Bible study. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, we give you the glory this afternoon. We honor you, Lord, because there's none like you. You are our God. You are who we lean on, Lord. We thank you for everything that you have done in our lives and that you continue to do, Lord Jesus. Father, you woke us up this morning. A lot of things could have happened to us on our way here, even this afternoon, Lord, but you kept us, Lord. You, your hand was constantly over us and you kept us, Lord Jesus, to hear your word and to continue doing your will. Lord, we praise you. We lift up your name this afternoon, Lord. We thank you for everything that you have done. Lord, we thank you for continuing to bless our families and keep them together, Lord Jesus. Bless, Lord Jesus, your congregation, Lord. Those who are here this afternoon, those who are watching online, Lord Jesus, I pray that you would continue to cover them, Lord Jesus. Continue, Lord, to speak your word in their hearts and minds, Lord Jesus. Let them know, Lord, they are evangelists. Wherever they are, their first responsibility is to win, a, win the loss. Lord Jesus, we thank you this afternoon once more, Lord, for just having the privilege to worship you without any interference, Lord Jesus. Lord, we thank you. That's not a given everywhere, Lord. Some places they have to hide and worship you, but we can worship you freely, Lord. And we thank you, O oh God. And we, we don't want to take that for granted, Lord. We want every time that we come in to call upon your name and worship you in spirit and in truth, Lord Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would touch everyone under the sound of my voice this afternoon, Lord Jesus. 
Touch them, Lord Jesus. Strengthen them. Lord, whatever you have for us this afternoon, Lord Jesus, I pray, O oh God, that you'd use me to deliver your word, O oh God, in the name of Jesus. I pray that each and every soul before you will hear what you have to say, O oh God, in the name of Jesus. Father, thank you. We bless your name in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Welcome tonight to our Thursday night Bible study. You may be seated. Um, okay, tonight we will, uh, Thursday night is a night when we, we hear a lot. Um, we are taught. A lot from the word of God. And my prayer tonight is that it will continue. We don't have our pastor, but he has taught us well. Amen? Amen. Tonight the topic that I want to present to you is a hard saying from God. A hard saying from God. Throughout the scriptures... There are many sayings which appear difficult to understand. Sometimes even Jesus' disciples did not understand those sayings. Sometimes they just didn't understand. And at one point, some of the disciples, not the original twelve, stopped following and listening to Jesus because they thought he had gone too far. They were offended. Just imagine, you're getting offended with Jesus' word. <laughs> Amen. These sayings are referred to as hard sayings and are usually figures of speech or hyperbole, which are not meant to be taken literally. In the book of John, chapter 6, Jesus told his disciples, that they would have to eat his flesh and drink his blood in order to be saved. Eat his flesh and drink his blood in order to be saved. That's a hard saying. That, that, that's not something... Um, you hear that normally. It's not, it's not something that anyone would just think, even think about doing. So... They took it hard, and they considered it a hard saying. Shocked and in disbelief, the disciples reasoned among themselves that this was a hard saying, and so decided not to follow him anymore. In John chapter 6, verse 60, it says, Many, therefore, of his disciples, when they heard this, said, This is a hard saying. And John 6, 60, um, 66 says, From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. So, they, they turned back. They backslid because the saying was hard and they were offended. 
today the same is done differently. Some people point out what they consider hard saying in the Bible and use it as an excuse not to believe the word of God or to attend church service. People say that uh, all the while. Even this, they look at, oh, how can we eat his, his flesh and drink his blood? I don't believe that word. That's written by a man, you know. These are some of the excuses that people use um, when they don't want to go to church and don't want to follow, follow Christ. Have you ever heard some people come with some real, what we call, flimsy excuse? And you wonder, in wait. <laughs> this doesn't make sense. But that is the reason that they, 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 they use to defend whatever they are doing. Instead of walking away from God because of these hard sayings, let us examine one of them to see what message God is giving us. Amen? So, John chapter 6. I'm going to go through John, but I'll pass over a lot of stuff because this, is, this chapter particularly has a lot in it. And I will be here until Sunday if I try to go through every, every one of these verses. And I know somebody will be in the audience telling me, take your time, Brother Henry. (laughs) 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 Chapter 6, verse 1. It says, After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a great multitude followed him, because they saw his miracles, which he did on them that were diseased. And Jesus went up into a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. The mountain was thought of a gate, a, a, a getaway, you know. And um, it was also a vantage point, a commanding point where he could look down on, on the gathering right before him. And the, the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was nigh. So that Passover was nearby. When Jesus then lifted his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he said unto Philip, When shall we buy bread that these may eat? So here Jesus was concerned for the multitude when he saw them because nothing was close by where they could could buy stuff. It's not like here we can just go on the phone and get Uber Eats or something like that to come and deliver. They were up in the mountains. Nothing like that was possible. Jesus had a great multitude following him because they saw the miracle he had done. While sitting on the mountain with his disciples, the people came looking for him. When he saw them, he had compassion on them. A lad in the group had five barley loaves and two small fishes, which was nothing in comparison to the over 5,000 people there. So these little loaves, they weren't going to do anything. Jesus instructed the disciples to have the men sit down. Then he prayed, broke the bread and the fish, and then distributed them. You know, so they they eventually distributed them to everyone. They had enough to feed every last person there. And their belly was full, (laughs) you know, and food was left over. So they had a full stomach. And food left over. 
Verse 14 says, Then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said, This is of a truth that prophet that should come into the world. So when the men saw the miracle, they remembered the word from Moses and discussed among themselves that this must be the prophet he spoke about. And we can find that in Deuteronomy 18.15. It says, The Lord thy God will raise up unto thee a prophet from the midst of thee, of thy brethren, like unto me, unto him ye shall hearten. So 15 now, verse 15 says, When Jesus therefore perceived that they would come and take him by force to make him a king into a mountain, himself alone. So he used that mountain to you know, walk, walk out the crowd, just diffuse the crowd because they, they had a different uh, mindset. He came working miracles and teaching. They came and their, their eyes were fastened on the miracles that he was working. Jesus knew what was in their mind. And knew they were planning to take him by force and make him their king. So he departed. The following day, the multitude went looking for him again. And found him on the other side of the sea in Capernaum. So there's a full lesson on that other part where he walked and sent over his disciples. He walked on the water. So the following day, they came again. They were seeking him. You know, like you're looking for something. You're really, really um, serious about finding this thing. They were happy to see Jesus. When they found him, they said, Rabbi, master or teacher, when did you come to Capernaum? They were all glad before. Now Jesus, knowing everything, he said, Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, truly, truly, I say unto you, Hold on. <laughs> they were looking for him for the meat, not I have a break in transmission here. <laughs> My <laughs> No. Of backup. I apologize for that. All right. Let me get back to the scene. The following day, the multitude went looking for him again and found him on the other side of, of the scene, Capernaum. And uh, they greeted him. Jesus looked at them and said, You seek me, not because you saw the miracle, but because you did eat of the loaves and were filled. The multitude that was there, they had a different reason for being so happy to see him. They wanted to see him. But you know, the Bible says, Seek ye first 
the, the kingdom of God and you should be seeking God, right? You should be seeking God and seeking his will. But they were seeking God, but for a different reason. Um, not because they understood the spiritual importance of what just took place, but because of the food. They saw the miracle. The miracle didn't do anything to the Well, they, they were um, amazed by the miracle. But that food, that food that they got, that is why they were seeking him. So they were prepared to follow him as far as possible and as long as possible to continue receiving the meal. They were hooked on it. They also had a political agenda. They wanted to make him king. But Jesus did not entertain the multitude by giving them what they wanted. You know, because he knew what they wanted. He did not entertain that. He told them what his mission was all about. He came here to seek and save those that are lost. He came here to, to set the captives free. Likewise today, we should not attempt to attract anyone to church for any other reason than teaching them the word of God. I don't think that is what is happening all the time in some churches. And, you know, because if you, if you want to get a big crowd and you do things that is not really um, according to the scripture to get them, you're going to have to do it to keep them, you know. You're not just going to do it and they come in and stay. We should not attempt to attract anyone to church for any other reason than teaching them the word of God. They will stay if they are really seeking God. If not, they will leave just like the multitude did when they could not get their own way. One thing is certain. We can never fool God, no matter how we pretend. So they came to him um, trying to pretend that he would believe that they, they were really interested in hearing from him and everything. And as soon as he told them what he was all about, and as soon as he pointed out to them that, look, you are seeking me for the meal, not because you want to hear and you want to do my will. You want the meal. So because of that, they step back. He said to them, labor not for the meal which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you. For him hath God the Father sealed. Jesus told them not to focus on the bread and fish to fill their stomach. They should be seeking him for the spiritual bread which he alone can give. That spiritual bread which will last for eternity. That's, that's life. That's teaching them, washing away their sins, teaching them to serve him according to his will and the process eternal life. These men were so carnal that they could not understand the contrast Jesus was making to them. Just as how they seek him diligently for the physical food to fill their bellies, they should be seeking him for spiritual food which will last forever. 
Their attitude was wrong because they were focused on the physical things of this world instead of the spiritual things Jesus had to give them. Just imagine you have Jesus in your midst and you are focused on the food and not on him and not, you know, as close as you can get to him and as much from him are focused. Then they, they, they ask him, what must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So Jesus is the one um, God sent. So believe in him. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Jesus told them. A minute ago, they wanted the bread. Now he told them, he's the bread from heaven. The Bible says they began to murmur among themselves because they knew him. See, they knew him growing up. But that in itself should say something to them because none of them can work miracles. If they when they are growing up, they can't work any miracle. And he can't work miracles. They knew the Bible as well. And they knew, they knew a lot of things to expect. And he was fulfilling a lot of these things. But yet still, they did not want to believe him. He told them who he was. And they didn't want to believe him. So, I want to draw your attention to the woman of Samaria. That woman was um, an outcast. Meaning, um, she lived in the city because of her lifestyle. And um, she had many husbands, and the one she had at that point wasn't her own. And one of the telltale um, factors here is that when Jesus saw her about 12 noon, she was out. Um, catching uh, water in those days at the well was like um, that little it, it was a place where everybody went all the ladies went they gathered that's that's where they they spoke to each other and you know and and met and you know that that's their meeting place but because um, she didn't have any friends she would not go there at that time. She waited until everybody went home. Then she alone went in the sun hut to, um, to draw water. So Jesus, he was passing through Samaria at that time, sent his disciples to get food, and then he went to the well. In um, John chapter 4, verse 13, it says, Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drink of this water shall thirst again, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give, that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. 
The woman said unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Um, But she probably just said, okay, all right, give me the water so I I don't have to drink again. I don't have to come here again. But Jesus didn't get into a back and front situation with her. He said, okay, go call your husband and come hither. He planned to evangelize to her. There were certain situations. She was, um, it was not appropriate for her to be talking to another man alone at the well. So he's saying to her, go get your husband. Another thing, he's, he's pointing out to her that he knows the sin that she's living in right now. But he did it in such a way he wasn't looking down on, on her. This is telling us something here. When you go to evangelize to anyone, even if you know anything about them, you are supposed to just show them love. Give them the word of God. Don't evangelize to them um, a, a, a point of you know, authority and let them feel intimidated. You'll never get the point to them. what the situation is. God loves her and is reaching out to her. That's why he came to offer her salvation. I that speak unto thee am he. The woman believed him. She eventually believed him. You know why? 28 says, the woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and said to the men, come, see a man which told me all things that even I did. Is not this the Christ? So she ran back into the city and evangelized. So when you believe, you're not just going to stand up and say, I believe. You're going to do something. Believe is an action word. You're going to have to do something when you believe. She did, she ran. That woman recognized that she was spiritually thirsty and needed the living water from Jesus. She had a different attitude also. Something was missing from her life. Because remember, I said before, she came out 12 o'clock in the sun to catch water. That must be difficult. If she had friends, she would want to talk to them. She would come out early in the morning when everybody catch water and talk to them and they would have this conversation going back and forth. But because of her lifestyle and everybody knew, she had no friends. So she had to come when everybody is gone. That must have been bothering her. So she knew that um, 
she knew that something was missing. She was spiritually thirsty. And because of that, she had a different attitude. Unless we realize we are spiritually dead, we will not seek help. A lot of times we are not just going to get up and just say, oh, you know something? Let me, let me get help and call upon the name of the Lord. Something, a lot of, a lot of times something has to happen to allow us to think and reflect. And we are, we, we, we are, um, we have to be in a spot where we, we, we know that the only place we can look for, for help is from above. A lot of times they say, and the only place you can look is up. Okay. Let me switch back now to these, um, the multitude. Remember, the multitude, they, um, they, heard, they heard Jesus. They wanted the food. And he was giving them the same sort of information that he just gave this, that he gave the, the prayer. She eventually got it and went back. And evangelize because she believed. And her, this is true. Let me go and tell these men. Let me go and tell everybody in the city. So back to the multitude now. John chapter 6 verse 51. It says, I am the living bread which come down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh which I will give for the life of the world. The Bible says in John 6, 52, it says, The Jews therefore strove among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? So, all this time, they are not making any breakthrough. They are still just carnal, just looking at the physical. The food is right before their eyes. Jesus spoke to them prophetically while they were understanding it literally. Jesus was letting them know that he would lay down his life on the cross for all the sins mankind committed, but they did not understand. Some of his disciples became angry as they thought about the things Jesus said to them. They knew that they would be cut off if they ate anything with blood. They, see, they, they knew the Mosaic law. They, they had an understanding there. And that's what Moses had, had written for them. Um, they knew it, it does make sense. In the book of Leviticus 17, 10 to 12, it talks about um, the life of the flesh is the blood. 10 says, and whatsoever man there be of the strangers that sojourn among you, that eateth any manner of blood, 
I will even set my face against that soul that eateth blood and will cut him off from among his people. For the life of the flesh is in the blood and I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your soul. For it is the blood that maketh an atonement for your soul. Finally, therefore I say unto the children of Israel, no soul of you shall eat blood. Neither shall any stranger that sojourn among you eat blood. So, again, when they heard it, they were fixed on the physical and not the spiritual. They weren't able to make that transition. So because of that, it offended them. And they decided they're not going to walk with him anymore. So, In closing, whenever we read the word of God, we should ask God for revelation. If we don't do that, we're going to miss the message, no matter how plain it appears to us or to others. That's when we're going to consider it a hard saying. Amen? If, if we... If we don't ask for revelation and we read this like we're reading us, then we're going to miss. We're going to miss the point. We're going to miss uh, the spiritual aspect of it. And carnal is um, the multitude. Think of this. Has anyone ever tried to point out something to you and you miss it? Because in your mind, even though somebody is describing something to you, you have in your mind what you think it should be. So no matter what they're telling you, you're not grasping it because you have this thing in your mind already. Seek Jesus for food and also to make him king. They were hungry, not for the spiritual bread, but physical bread. These men were walking by sight and taste. <laughs> when it comes to the things of God, we must empty ourselves and everything else and allow him to fill our hearts and mind with his word and with his will for our lives. Amen? We will miss the message if we approach the Bible with our minds already made up. There will be no room for anything else. If your mind is already made up, you, 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 you decide already. And you're reading the word. It's not going to change you. You're not going to um, get any additional information because your mind is made up already. You, you're just going through the motions. 